Well, please be seated. It is a privilege to be here indeed. Travis, Mitzi are uh, friends of ours, and uh, what, a, what a gift that uh, I get to meet you, and uh, what, a, what a privilege. Um, uh, I'm, as uh, Jason mentioned, the pastor of Summit Ridge here, uh, and um, so thankful that uh, you get to use in this facility. I love that. And uh, I'm also so grateful for your flexibility of willing to meet on an afternoon. Uh, and I know everything was upended. And uh, so uh, that is uh, a lot of change that has happened for you as a church. And uh, we have actually been praying for you and uh, just grateful that, uh, uh, that we can offer our, and, and use the facility. It's just a, it just blesses my heart uh, and things. So, uh, well, we're here. We get to dive into the Word this morning, and I love God's Word. I'm excited that uh, we get to uh, dive in, and uh, as we are about to do that, why don't we pray and ask God again to guide us in uh, his word. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for the privilege we have, for the privilege we have to turn to your word. Oh God, would you speak? Help us to hear what your spirit is saying, and, and Lord, may we follow you because, because of your work, because of your grace, your mercy that, that abounds so so, Lord, teach us. Lord, help us to hear. And enable us, Lord. Strengthen us. We need you. Apart from you, we can do nothing. So, so have your way in us, we pray. We ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, you know, we recognizing this is going to be a universal uh, start for all of us. We all have issues. We all have problems. <laughs> uh, newsflash, right? Uh, all of us have issues uh, varying degrees. And I don't know your particular challenges, but I, I do wonder how... Do you get through them? What is it you are doing to, to tackle and work through your particular issues that are going on in your life? Uh, there, there's a number of qualities that are often uh, presented to us as good Americans that we need to make it through and work through issues. You need to be a problem solver uh, is one of those things. Here's a quality you need is you need to be a problem solver. And so maybe a multitasker, you need to be able to multitask on things and you, you know, we, we don't have just one issue. It's like we have this and we have this going on and this and we have all kinds of things that we need to tackle. And so multitasking would be one of those things. Uh, perhaps uh, a, if I were to ask you, well, what kind of qualities uh, are needed to work through hardships in your life? And you may respond with something like a hard work ethic. I need to work through, I need to push through. Uh, don't quit. Those are good, good qualities. 
uh, we don't want any quitters, right? Uh, so push through. Uh, driven, get the job done, persistence, determination, self-reliance. Uh, it's one of those that I hear regularly. Um, have confidence. Uh, lots, of, lots of qualities that, that we hear regularly of how to engage a problem. How are you going to get through those issues? Work through it. How about this? Uh, how about this as a, as a quality? Uh, weakness. You need to have a quality of brokenness. This doesn't sound right, does it? It just doesn't. Weakness. Brokenness. That is not American. I was in the Marine Corps. That wasn't one of the qualities that they drove into us. They do everything to fight that and beat that out of you. Uh, weakness. Um, but what if I were to say, weakness is the way. Again, it just doesn't sound all that right. And, and I get it. You're good church people. You, 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 you know, oh no. We know weakness is the way. I, I get it. But practically, how does that work? Does it, is that the first thing you run to in terms of equality that says, no, weakness is the way. I need to pursue weakness to, to get through. That's going to be how I'm going to do that. That's, that is not the first thing that's come to my mind. And self-disclosure here, uh, um, problems come, and I'm thinking, like, okay, what do I need to do? How am I going to tackle that? And, and, and working through a plan. I want to work, the, work it out. Uh, if, if, uh, I hear this regularly of, of guys. We're problem solvers. You have a problem, we solve the problem. So if you're in a marriage, uh, wife communicates and shares, man, I'm just struggling with this, and this is going on, and this, and this, and that. And, and the guy is thinking, so what are we going to do to fix this? And sometimes the wife's like, no, I just want you to listen. Okay, but then what are we going to do to fix this? Let's not stay here in this problem. Let's work through this, right? And, and so we're problem solvers. I, I want to know how to work through it, and, and how do we deal with it, and but, but yet, God, God takes uh, what is normal in the world, the normal qualities of the world, and turns them on their head. He turns them upside down. And, uh, and everything that the world says, it's often just very, very opposite. God's way is, is, is not the world's way, and, and weakness really is the way. Where, where do I get that? Um, Turn your Bibles to, to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. The Bible often upside down. Maybe, perhaps, just consider for a moment that brokenness actually is the quality that we want to boast in, the, the one that we need. Where does it come from? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. But he said to me, 
So Jesus speaking, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses. I'm content with insults. I'm content with hardships. I'm content with persecutions, with calamities or difficulties. Paul, if you lost your mind, I'm content with these things. I, I rejoice in these things. I'm satisfied. I rest in my weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. Last I checked, Nobody's running towards those things. Uh, none of my social media feed is, 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 is aiming towards any of these. They run the absolute opposite direction. For when I am weak, then I am strong. My grace is sufficient for you. My, my, my grace is sufficient for you. He is he, sufficient. And, and He will strengthen us. His power is made perfect in weakness. And, and so that I'm going to boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. That is just unheard of, isn't it? This, is, this isn't normal. You, you leave here this afternoon and, uh, and you're going to have conversations and maybe, uh, maybe you, you came with a few people in the car and, and, and maybe the conversation will go something like this. So let's, let's celebrate our weaknesses. Let, okay, you start. Go ahead. <laughs> who, who's, who, who does that besides Paul? Uh, no, the, 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 typical, the, the typical approach to a problem, the typical approach that we have when, when we have those, those things that uh, are, are heavy on our hearts, we have a tendency, do we not, to, to try to figure it out. We, we work the system. We try to figure out how to, to, to get out of the situation that we're in, right? So, so we're awake, laying in bed at, at, at 1 a.m., unable to sleep because this thing is so heavy on our hearts. And we, we have trouble eating, and, and so we drink more coffee, and we try to just keep figuring it out. So, so what does God do? How, how, does, he, how does He answer when we're in these, these hard places of life, what, what does he do? Now, if you've been around church world for a while, you probably are already formulating some answers. You know how God answers. And, uh, and there's so many beautiful pictures. This morning what I wanted to do is I want us to, to come and look at a particular person this morning who is known as an absolute rascal. Uh, this is uh, 
a, a guy that I, I doubt anybody is saying, I want you to grow up and be like him. <laughs> this is a guy by the name of Jacob, uh, way back in Genesis. Back in Genesis, there's a number of, there's a growing family of, of Abraham, and, and uh, as, as the family grows, there's this uh, one rascal that uh, comes out of the family line, a guy by the name of, of, of Jacob. Maybe you, you would know Jacob as the lying skunk who uh, ripped his brother off uh, and st- stole his brother's inheritance, the blessing. Um, by the way, that didn't go well when he, he did that. Uh, Jacob comes from a very dysfunctional family. That's how we would say it today. Uh, it, it's in the Hebrew. Um, and uh, just a broken family. Uh, this, there's, there's a lot of problems in this family line. The mom puts his, her son up to stealing the blessing from the father. And so... The brother is Esau, and uh, Esau's out hunting, and so Jacob comes in, and uh, uh, he puts himself up as his brother, and he, he lies, and he deceives his father, and uh, comes out, and he has the blessing, and everything's going wonderful. Esau comes back. He's not really happy about it, and so, in fact, he's so upset about the fact that his blessing, his inheritance, is being stolen from his younger brother is he has every intent to murder him. Back in Genesis 27. He's going to murder him. He's going to kill him. Imagine that for Thanksgiving dinner. We're going to gather around together. Jacob and Esau are all coming. We're going to spread uh, the love. So so Jacob runs and and he uh, runs to his uncle Laban. Goes some distance. He hides out. And some 20 years pass before it's time for a message of the Lord to, to come. And he says, go back home. And, and so he's going to go back home into the promised land, promised, the land that's been promised to him and the land. And uh, man, this is going to be good. I'm going to bring my whole family into 20 years. Jacob is quite, has prospered quite well. Uh, he has a lot of goods, a lot of family. He has... Lots of things, and so he's going to bring those all back. But there's there's one one particular problem for Jacob that still is is there. Anybody want to guess what that problem would be? Esau, you're sharp, good. Yes, it's Esau, the one who wants to kill him. I don't know. That's not good news, if you ask me. I, that, that's a problem. So, so what are you going to do? Turn over to Genesis chapter 32. Genesis should be easy to find, first book of the Bible. Genesis chapter 32. So, Jacob, as I said, I mean, he's a, he's a deceiver, he's a liar. Matter of fact, he, uh, he, he deceived his, his uncle, his uncle also deceived him. I mean, this, this is families. Um, you may say that Jacob, his character is 
It's complex. Jacob is kind of, uh, maybe we always say this today, is he's uh, secular with a Christian glaze. Um, he, he's been all about figuring out the problems and, and coming out on top. Jacob has a problem, he'll figure it out, and he'll come out on top. He will work the system. He's, so he will lie, he will deceive, he will cheat, he will do whatever is needed to get out on top. He's going to win. He's going to work the system. Work through the problem, figure it out, and come out on top. He has a lifetime history of that. That is what he does. Secular with a Christian glaze. Clays. You know, How in the world is God going to use a, a, a messed up wretch like Jacob? Well, here we are in Genesis 32. And... Uh, the last that Jacob has heard from his brother, he still wants to kill him. For good reason, I suppose. And one of the lessons that will come out of this is that the problem that we see is not always the same problem that God sees. We see problems from a certain perspective. When you have your problem, you see it and, and you... Uh, you uh, you know, I need to tackle this, I need to work through this, and, and, you, and there's a lot more angles of those problems sometimes, and, and God often sees something differently than, than you do, than we do. Look at verses 1 through 5. Here's the situation. Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's camp. So he called the place Mahanaim. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, the country of Edom, instructing them, Thus you shall say to my lord Esau, Thus says your servant Jacob, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, male servants, and female servants. I have sent to tell my Lord in order that I may find favor in your sight. So, first of all, Jacob is entering back into the promised land. When he left, there was a dream that he had, and God spoke to him. And now as he's entering back in, God's speaking again. And so, this should be a reminder, this should be a comfort for Jacob that God is with him. But he has this problem of Esau. Esau who wants to kill him. And so Jacob is going to figure out a solution. He's going to work with his cleverness of how to fix the situation. He's in a pickle, but he'll work it out. He'll figure it out. So he's, what we've seen already so far is he's sending out scouts uh, uh, in, in front of him to test the water. 
Go talk to Esau. Find out what, he, what he's thinking. Uh, smooth the way. Smooth your way through. And, and hopefully we'll come into good graces. Certainly time heals everything, right? 20 years should be enough. Esau should be fine by now. Maybe not as, as easy. Verses 6 through 8, this next paragraph. And the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to your brother Esau, and he's coming to meet you. And there are 400 men with him. <laughs> then, then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He divided the people who were with him and the flocks and herds and camels into two camps, thinking if Esau comes to one camp and attacks it, then the camp that is left will escape. Uh, this is not good news. Things are going from bad to worse. It is one thing, hey, send out some scouts, send some gifts, and let's see if Esau is okay now. Certainly enough time. Messengers come back. Hey, we came back. We talked to Esau. Super. What did he say? Well, he's actually on his way to meet you. Oh, okay. And he also has 400 men with him. 400. Earlier, there was a group of about 400 people that wiped out a city. This is an army that is on their way. This is, this is terrible. This is getting worse. Wait a minute. There's how many coming? So how would you advise Jacob? What would you say to him? Jacob comes to you and he says, so I've got this issue. I'm heading into this inheritance and... Uh, I feel like God told me to go, and so I'm, I'm, I'm heading there, and, but uh, my brother and I had a little bit of a fallout before, and he's, I don't know, he's, he's still upset. And in fact, he, uh, he, he's sending 400 people to, to, to kill me and all my family and everything we have. Um, what should I do? What would you tell him? <laughs> Jacob has a plan. I mean, but this is heavy. In fact, verse 7, Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. Uh, I love the Bible. It doesn't, doesn't hold back. We, we, we get to enter into the scene. You get to enter in because you've, you've felt these things. This may not be your particular story, but you can understand. You, you've been greatly afraid and distressed, greatly afraid, powerfully, overwhelmingly fearful. Distressed here is the idea of, of, the idea of being tied in knots. You, you, you've been there. My, my guess is there's a number of you that, that are there. You, you, this, this wraps you up. You are cramped. This is debilitating news. And so Jacob's, 
Jacob's solution is, is what? D divide us up in half. Maybe, just maybe half of us will be able to make it. This is the best solution you can come up with, 50%. I'm going to split us up in, in, in half, and, and half of us will probably get wiped out, but it might give enough time for the other half of us to be able to get away. This, this is the best you can come up with. The problem that we see is not always the problem that God sees. Well, we finally have some positive steps for Jacob. Uh, he, he prays. This next paragraph, follow along in this prayer. Jacob said, Oh God, of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O oh Lord, who said to me, Return to your country and to your kindred that I may do you good. Remember, God, you told me to go back and you said you're going to do me good. I just want to remind you. Verse 10, and I'm not worthy of the least of all the deeds of steadfast love and the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant. For with only my staff I crossed this Jordan, and now I have become two camps. Please deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, that he may come and attack me, the mothers with the children. But again, you said, I will surely do you good and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. So he's finally calling on the Lord. And, and he cries out for rescuing. He's, he's growing in his sense of the inability to figure it out on his own. He's, he's getting to a place that I may not be able to work this thing out as I've been able to do for my life so far. You, you, can, you, can, you can feel the, the weight of his prayer and you can see the, if he wrote this, you can see the, the tears stained page can't you? So, so just because he prayed doesn't mean that everything is all better. And in fact, how many of you have prayed, but nothing's really changed? Um, not much has changed for Jacob. Look at this next paragraph. So he stayed there that night. And from what he had with... Uh, and, uh, and from what he had with him, he took a, a, a present for his brother Esau, 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 milking camels and their calves, 40 cows and 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. These are handed over to his servants, every drove by itself, and said to the servants, Pass on ahead of me and put a space between drove and drove. He instructed the first, 
When Esau, my brother, meets you and asks you, to whom do you belong? Where are you going? And whose are these ahead of you? Then you shall say, they belong to your servant Jacob. They are a present sent to my Lord Esau. And moreover, he is behind us. He likewise instructed the second and the third and all who followed the droves. You shall say the same thing to Esau when you find him. And you may And you shall say, moreover, your servant Jacob is behind us. And so here's Jacob's, here's insight into what Jacob is thinking here. For he thought, I may appease him with the present that goes ahead of me. And afterward, I shall see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. So the present passed on ahead of him, and he himself stayed that night in the camp. Now, not much has changed. He has a, he's tweaked his plan now. This is the kind of thing as he's running over what he's going to do. And he's it's just over and over and over and over again in his mind. He's, he's, he's wrestling with it. What am I going to do? So here's the plan. Send everybody out ahead of him. Surely the gifts will appease his brother, right? Certainly. He'll be okay with all these gifts. But we see that he's still trying to work the system. He's still trying to figure it out, even after prayer. So far, he's still done everything in his own power. He's still trying to manage it to every degree that he can. He's prayed, but he hasn't really trusted the Lord. He hasn't changed much. But he's a problem solver. He's a fixer. But the problem that we see is not always the same problem that God sees. The same night, verse 22, he rose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. Now, I wish there was another verse break in the middle of verse 24. Uh, Here's the first, here's the next sentence. And Jacob was left alone. He's he sent everything ahead of him. Everything has gone on ahead of him, and now he is alone. What does he do? He's left thinking about this whole situation. Is he going to survive? Is he going to make it? How would you answer? How would you answer Jacob? What kind of a, of a solution would you, would you give for Jacob? Or if you were God, how would you, how would you answer him? How would you help him? God's answer is very different than mine. Shocker. It says, and, and Jacob was left alone... And a man wrestled with him until the, break, the breaking of the day. Excuse me? What? Did you, 
you, you can run past this really quickly. <laughs> but, and Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. This is God's answer? A man comes and wrestles with him all night long? That this is the answer? Who's the man? Scholars believe this is the pre-incarnated Christ. Hosea chapter 12 tells us it was an angel that came and, and so is the angel of the Lord and so, so perhaps God... But he comes and he wrestles. He, he, he wrestles all night long with him. This is not how I want God to answer me in my deepest moments of pain and grief and trouble and despair when everything seems to be falling apart. This is not what I'm hoping. I, I would think God was going to send comfort. Send an angel to come alongside and Provide food, water, rest, sleep. Get some sleep. It's going to be a long day tomorrow, Jacob. So get some rest. Let me, while you fall asleep here, let me read to you Psalm 23. That's what I would expect. Is that what you'd expect? I don't expect them to send to wrestle. Have you ever wrestled before? How many of you have wrestled before? In the Marines, we're out on ship on a deployment. We, we would go down into the reefer decks down below and drop a mat, and we would just wrestle for hours on end. And it was sweaty and, and yuck and bloody and, and exhausting. Just utterly exhausting. This is in Jacob's lowest point. He's probably losing his family. And, and so a man comes to, to wrestle. But, but again, the problem that we see is not always the problem that God sees. God knows exactly how to answer he knows exactly how to engage what we need. Verses 25 and 26. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket. And Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. <laughs> Was the angel whipped here? Uh, no. One, one touch, hip crippled. One touch. Jacob's crippled. So, so what's going on here? What, what's happening? The very power that weakened Jacob is the very power 
that can heal him. And, and so Jacob is in a place, he is in such desperate, he is clinging now, he is holding on to this angel, and he will, will not let go. What else is he going to do? He has nothing else. He dare not let go. So stay with me here. Verses 27 to 30. And he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he, angel, said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it you ask me my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. So here in verse 27, the, the angel asks, what's your name? This, this is not a little side note of the angel going like, I know it's been dark. I want to make sure I got the right guy. Uh, so uh, what's your name? Jacob. Oh, yeah, good. Okay, you're the right one. There's no confusion here. What is your name? Jacob. No, it's Israel. Jacob has a history, a lifestyle of trying to make it work, to figure it out on his own, to work the system. He has a system of struggling over his life. He has struggled and wrestled with his father, with his brother, with his uncle, this family. He's worked it all out on his own power and his own strength. And now he has wrestled with God. And now he has been whipped. And he clings in desperation, in brokenness to the Lord. Verse 34, I have seen God face to face and yet my life has been delivered. He recognizes his life has been spared. Jacob's desperate. Verses 31 and 32. The sun rose up upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Therefore to this day the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. Not a footnote of... Uh, for, for butchers uh, to don't eat the, the hip socket there and the meat around there. There's a whole lot more going on here, isn't there? There's something significant happening. Jacob is limping now. He has been crippled. He cannot even run from Esau. He's finished. He's desperate. He's broken. He is weak. He's finally been broken. 
Jacob doesn't get fixed, he gets broken. God knew exactly what Jacob needed. It was the solution to his real problem. Esau was not his real problem. Jacob was. And and Jacob is, is his changed man. He's broken, he's, he's weakened, and he's now strengthened. If you read on in chapter 33, in verse 3, it says that he even went out before them. He, he, lead, he led the way. Very different, Jacob, than just a few verses earlier. Who sends everybody, his whole family in front of him. You go and tell Tell Esau, my Lord, your servant Jacob, right? Your servant Jacob is happy to just whatever you want from me. He's working the system. He's a completely changed man. His brokenness, his his weakness. He's walking with a limp. And and that limp is now going to be a forever reminder for him that he cannot do it on his own power. He can't do it on his own way. John Calvin wrote, God fights against us with his left hand and for us with his right hand. To the soundly beaten, God says you win. Strong in body and weak in soul before wrestling with God. And now, weak in body and strong in soul. Jacob, or should I say Israel, will now lead with a limp. A reminder that God is in control. It's a reminder that God answers. It won't be by Jacob's power or by his ways, by his answers, but by God's. So I finish where we, where we began. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Who here is willing to walk with a limp the rest of your life for the sake of being close to Jesus? The, the, the entry is, is through brokenness before the Lord. But, 
perhaps there's some of you who are tired of working the system. You've been a problem solver, a fixer. And it's just exhausting. You've been wrestling. You've been trying to do it and figure it out on your power. But the truth of the matter is you need Jesus. You need Christ. And weakness really is the way. Walking with a limp. Would you pray with me? God, oh Lord, weakness is the way. We need you. God, we need you. Your grace is sufficient for our needs. And it is your grace alone we need. God, I pray that there would be a room full of people, people online that, Lord, are turning completely to you. Calling upon you. Broken. Weak. And boasting in Christ Jesus our Lord. God, I pray that we will know that truth. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for drawing us and coming toward us, loving us so. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.